Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with the 17th verse. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Let us pray. Almighty God, your word is truth. I ask that you take your word and implant it upon our hearts and in our minds. Speak to transform us. In Jesus' name, amen. How does how you walk on Wednesday correlate with who you worship on Sunday? How does how you walk on Wednesday correlate to who you worship on Sundays? In other words, how should our faith in How should our faith impact our daily walk? How should the good news of Jesus Christ affect the way we go out our daily things, such as work, such as our relationship with our friends, our spouse, our children? How should our faith affect the words that we speak? How should our faith affect our pocketbooks? How should our faith affect our time? There should be a day-to-day difference because of the good news of Jesus Christ. But oftentimes, there's a day-to-day disconnect. There's a disconnect between what we do on Wednesday and what we do on Sunday. And this morning, the argument from the Apostle Paul is that the disconnect is when we forget who we are. The disconnect. When you and I struggle to apply our faith to our everyday lives, it's not because the church isn't being relevant enough that we're not talking about hip enough topics. The problem is, according to the Apostle Paul, that we're forgetting who we are. You see, the day-to-day difference starts when we understand that we are new creatures, meant to walk as new creatures. Today, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 4 is basically saying to us, walk as new creatures. Walk who you are. Live according to who you are. This morning, for those of you who are in Christ, you are forgiven. If you read Ephesians chapters 1 through 4, the basic message is that you are in Christ. You are the new church. You are the people of God. In Christ, you are forgiven. And now the Apostle Paul is at a transition point of basically saying, okay, now it's time to walk as a new creature. Oftentimes, we just sometimes struggle with this connection of the day-to-day lives and, and Sunday morning worship, or, or, or our church life. And it's across, it's across the board. I mean, just for an example, think in Sioux Falls, how many churches there are. I've often said this before, take your hands off the steering wheel, you're going to run into a church building in Sioux Falls. There's church buildings everywhere. But if you show up anywhere on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it doesn't necessarily appear as though there's a lot of church in Sioux Falls. Where's the disconnect? How is it that we've become so disconnected from our daily lives with our faith walk, with who we are in Christ? Many times the disconnect is because of our own stubbornness, our own laziness, and our 
not wanting to take the time to study what God's Word says about a lot of these different things. Sometimes the disconnect comes from something that's ingrained in our minds that faith is in its nice own little box, work is in its own little box, marriage is in its own little box, career, friendships, the words that we say, are all in their nice little own compartments, and the compartments never really interact with one another. You're supposed to kind of keep your faith to yourself. It's a, it's a private matter. You know, deal with your beliefs on Sunday morning, just don't let your beliefs affect anything you do on Wednesday. Well, the Apostle Paul's basically saying, faith in Christ doesn't work that way. For when one has faith in Christ, they're going to walk as one who has faith in Christ. The disconnect is broken when we remember who we are. Over the next six, seven weeks, we're going to take a new series here entitled The Day-to-Day Difference. We're going to look at all of these different practical issues that all of us deal with. All of us, every single day, are dealing with relationships, interacting with other people. All of us have a work life, and we got to go to work. All of us are dealing with different family issues, different money issues. Every day, all of us are speaking words. All of us, every day, are using our mouth. These practical things. The question is, what difference does the gospel, the good news of Jesus, make in those day-to-day things? The next couple weeks ahead, we're going to ask and look specifically at all those individual things and see what difference the gospel makes in all of those areas. But it starts by getting the foundation correct of how we enter into this conversation. We enter into this conversation not saying, hey, we need everybody to modify your behavior in these six areas. Because if you modify your behavior, everything's just going to be better. This isn't about behavior modification, but this is about reflecting that which is true of us. Reflecting that which is true of us. And for the most part, we all need a little bit of a realignment. We need to get realigned with God's ways, with God's thoughts. So God's thoughts, God's ways become our thoughts and our ways. In the weeks ahead, we're going to look specifically at each of those different areas. Today is just going to kind of set the table for how we should think about this, how we first need to realign our thinking, foundationally speaking. Foundationally speaking, all of us need a realignment, and then we need to stop thinking of behavior as something we do to achieve or earn something, and we need to think of behavior rather as a fruit, that our behavior is a fruit of who we are, that we do not behave to belong. That's what kind of the legalistic um, mantra in society would say, is that you behave, therefore you're accepted, or you behave, therefore you belong. We want to have our thinking realigned. That's not about behaving to belonging, but rather it's reflecting that who we belong to. So we're not behaving to belong, but rather we're reflecting that who we belong to. And we're going to unpack that this morning from Ephesians chapter 4 to understand that he's arguing, hey, you're not reflecting who you are. You're not reflecting who you belong to. And he basically says here at the beginning in 17 through 19, he's saying, hey, you've got to stop walking the way of the Gentiles. And Gentiles, you could basically just say is, the anti of God, those who are not of God is, is in basic sense. So if he says you're a Gentile, he's basically saying you're not of God. You're not in God's people. And he's saying, hey, you're not walking with God's people. 
You're not walking to the way of God. And basically, summarize up, if you look with me at verses 17 through 19, the first word he says here about those who are walking this way, says, in the futility of their minds. To walk the way and not of God is to have futility of minds, which means really to be um, no purpose. It's futility is really to be in vain. There's a void of purpose or a void of truth. So those who are futile have really no purpose. They're just doing it for doing it's sake. But we're not supposed to be that way. We've got a purpose. We've got an objective truth to think about. And the way of the world, as it goes on now in verse 18, is it's basically saying, okay, they're walking with no truth, no purpose, because they're alienated of God because of their hardness of their heart. In other words, it's basically saying they've become callous to the ways of God. When, we, when the Bible talks about heart, you can kind of say the word heart is basically your control system. When you and I talk about the word heart, we think of feelings. You know, we always say in the church, oh, it's time to go from the mind to the heart. We, we need to move from the intellect into make it, and we think of more of the feelings. No, the heart is really talking about the center of one's being, who you are. It's, it's your control center for who you are as a person. And so when it's saying that our hearts are hard, and it's saying really that our, our control center for who we are as a person has become callous to the truth of God. When I travel, I like to eat sunflower seeds. And you just get started, and you just keep eating sunflower seeds. And if it's on a long tr- trip, it becomes a little bit of a problem. Your tongue basically just becomes numb to everything else, right? When you get done eating a bag of sunflower seeds, you could eat broccoli and probably actually enjoy it. Thing. I mean... You become callous to, to the taste of everything else. Your tongue basically becomes just rubber. Well, what God's word is saying here is that your life has basically just become rubber, callous to the ways of God. You don't, it's complete, you don't even recognize the truth anymore because you're so ingrained in this one way of thinking. I know this is true in my own heart, and I'm going to guess this is true in your heart today too, that when you do something wrong, and you get away with it once, then what do you do? Do it again. And next thing, do it some more. And now when the word against that starts coming, that really starts losing volume quite quickly, right? So, for example, your parents said, hey, curfew's at 11 o'clock. First time you show up at 11.05, you don't get in trouble. Hmm, thing. But what do you do next? 11.10. Let's push the envelope a little more. Same thing. Let's push it a little more. 11.15, 11.30. And all of a sudden, the parents' command, 11 o'clock, is becoming what? A lot less influential. You're basically becoming callous to the command that was given earlier because what? You just keep repeating over and over and again this new pattern, and what? This new pattern is now your pattern. You own it. And the Apostle Paul is saying this morning, hey, we've got to break out of those patterns. So we've got to break away from that pattern of different way that's ignorant of God, that has the back turned on God. The question is, how do we break out of those patterns? Everybody in this room this morning, myself included, we've got some habits that need to be broken. I don't know about you, but how hard is it to break habits? I mean, just look at your local fitness gym on February 3rd compared to January 3rd. It's pretty obvious that it's really hard to break habits. But yet the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, 
we need to break some patterns in our life and begin to walk a new way, begin to walk according to our new identity. Basically, the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, spiritually speaking, you are new. When God looks at you, he sees a new creation in Christ Jesus. Positionally, you're seated in the heavenly realms. It says earlier in Ephesians that you are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Positionally, spiritually, this is the reality for you. Now the Apostle Paul is saying this should be a functional reality in your day-to-day life. In order for that to happen, we need to break some of these old patterns. We need to enter into a new way of living. And what does this new way of living look like? Look with me in Ephesians now, down to verse 24, where he describes what this new way is. So he's basically saying, okay, put off the old self, put on this new self, verse 20 self, new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Really what God's word is saying to us is saying, hey, be who you were originally created to be. When we're given this new life, we're actually just recreated to God's original intention. If we read in Genesis chapter 1, the creation story, and it talks about humanity, it says that God created male and female in his image. Humanity was meant to reflect the image of God. What's happened is, when you and I rebel against God, we, we just disfigure God's image. We make it impossible for the world to see. The image is is marred. The image is lost. But then when we come to Jesus Christ, when we're united to Christ in faith, we're recreated in Christ, and now we're back to the original order. Now we're supposed to reflect the image of God to the world around us. In other words, God's righteousness and God's holiness. Where do we look then for this new self? Where do we look for the image of God? We look to Jesus. Because We don't know God outside of Jesus. Jesus reveals who God is. And so we look at the life of Jesus. And we look at the life of Jesus, we see one who perfectly reflected the image of God. And now you and I, we're recreated in the eyes of God. We're in Christ now, united with Jesus spiritually. And now we're supposed to reflect the image of God to the world around us. And so the next couple of weeks, we want to look at what would it mean to reflect the image of God in my relationships with coworkers and with friends? What would it mean to reflect the image of God in the words that I speak? What would it mean to reflect the image of God in our marriages? Because God is saying, be who you were created to be. Be who you are. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The challenge is we need a realignment. So how does this realignment happen? How do we get realigned? Look with me at verse 23. The realignment comes when we are renewed in the spirit of our minds. This is very similar to Romans chapter 12, where Romans chapter 12 starts by saying, Therefore, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, as an act of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we get realigned and begin to reflect the image of God? It's by renewing our thinking. We need a realignment in the way that we think. And so each week moving forward, we're not going to have a practical application today, but rather we're going to have a realignment. A realignment. So, for example, one week we'll say the world says this, 
but our realignment to God's thought says we need to think about it this way. And our realignment today is our foundation. The realignment today is this. We do not behave to belong, but rather we reflect who we belong to. We do not behave to belong, but rather we reflect who we belong to. Your behavior, if you come the next six weeks and you're like, oh, I'm digging in. I love this practical stuff because I want, I want to be the best, the best husband, the best wife. I want to be the best coworker. Those are good things. You can improve all this behavior stuff and do some little tweaks here and there. God's not going to love you anymore. And God's not going to love you any less if you don't. You are in a position of favor with God. Your behavior can't earn God's love, God's favor, God's forgiveness. We're working from a position of favor. We're working from who we are in Christ. And now the question is, what should flow from this spiritual position of being in Christ? What should flow is a new life. And so we've got to learn some new patterns. We've got to get realigned. And it's really hard to adjust our thinking. How many of you are from the country? Grew up on a farm or in, in the country? What, what's one of the worst driving habits that you get from growing up in the country? What? Middle of the, middle of the road. What? Thing. Middle, what? We're, he's, from, he's like from the rural South Dakota, which is really in the country. Okay, for those of us who grew up in normal rural, rural America, think, we didn't drive in the middle of the road. Think. The issue was what? Roll through stop signs. Who stops in the country? You just keep going. Well, a couple of years ago, I had to take a bus driving exam for my CDL in town. Thankfully, I had a gentleman actually from our congregation with me, and he was sitting in the back of the bus with the examiner, and they were talking the whole time. So I passed when I got back. But, but when I got back, his only phrase to me was this. He goes, you seem to kind of have this habit of rolling through stop signs. It is a hard habit to break. And I'm not speaking from experience, but I'm guessing that a couple $80 fines could help break that habit. Rolling through stop signs is the least of our problems. We've got other habits that need to be broken. We've got other thought patterns that need to be transformed. We need a realignment in the way we think about money. We need a realignment in the way we think about marriage. We need a realignment in the way we think about our careers. We need a realignment in the way we think about the words that we use. It's going to be hard, but it begins by not just making little adjustments, but it begins with a renewal of our minds from God's Word, that we would understand God's purposes for these different things, and then we can begin to experience the change in the fruit in our day-to-day lives. Today, in Christ, you are a new creature. It's one of our favorite verses to quote. In Christ, you are a new creation. Every evangelist uses that verse when trying to bring people to Jesus, talking about, hey, today you can be a new creation in Christ Jesus. And it's true. No matter where you're coming from today, no matter what you've done in your past, no matter what's going on right now, in Christ Jesus, you can be brand new. God loves you. God wants to forgive you. And that newness is not just meant to be some spiritual reality that you enjoy on Sunday morning, but that is supposed to be a functional reality in our day-to-day lives that we begin to walk as new creatures 
in Christ Jesus. For those of you who grew up in the Lutheran church and those of you who are baptized as infants, baptism can sometimes become sometimes this fire insurance thing that people you know, have been baptized and so they, they say they're covered, whatever. It's just a bad view of baptism. So what's taught in the Lutheran church about baptism and the catechism is that actually every single day we're supposed to live out our baptism by killing our old self and walking in our new self. Because in baptism, the, the picture is, is that in baptism, you're dying to your old ways. You're, you're being drowned in the water, and then you're being raised to new life in Christ. And so every single day, we're supposed to experience this drowning of our own sinful ways and rising to new life in Christ. It's supposed to be something we experience in our day-to-day walk. And we experience it in our day-to-day walk. Our words are different. The way we work is different. The way we treat our spouse is different. Our relationships are different. The day-to-day difference is that you are a new creation in Christ. And so now we need to be who we were created to be. Today, you are not the thief. You are not the adulterer. You are not the liar. But you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And now it's time for us to reflect that image to the world around us. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your word. God, I ask now that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would take your promises and implant them upon our minds. And we pray, O Lord, in the coming weeks, you'd grant us discernment and understanding as we study these different areas of our lives. We pray, O Lord, that you'd give us open minds to hearing your truth. And we pray, O Lord, that you would give us discernment on how to apply it. Thank you for your patience with us. In Jesus' name, amen.